0: The decision by the U.S. Supreme Court to overturn the ruling known as Roe v. Wade is an attack on women everywhere. It enables U.S. states to ban abortion or restrict access to it severely, condemning millions of American women to expensive and difficult travel to have a procedure or to unwanted motherhood. It won't prevent abortions, but it makes it much more likely that women will be forced into illegal and risky procedures. The court's decision is part of a concerted right-wing attack on the rights won by struggle from the 1960s and 1970s onwards. Rights for women, rights for LGBTI plus people, for people of colour. Clarence Thomas, one of the conservative majority on the Supreme Court, has flagged that he thinks the court should roll back gains such as equal marriage. And the judges have already overturned measures that aim to prevent electoral gerrymandering thereby depriving black people of representation. The Roe v Wade decision has been met with fury on the streets, with massive rallies around the US, around Australia and elsewhere. And while the ruling only affects the US, it will shape debate here and around the world. I'm joined today by Judy McVeigh. Judy is a member of Solidarity and the author of the pamphlet, Abortion, the fight that's still to be won and I'll put a link to the pamphlet in the podcast description. You're listening to The Sound of Solidarity, brought to you by Solidarity. We're a revolutionary socialist group in Australia, and if you'd like to find out more about us, our website is solidarity.net.au. I'm David Glanz, and I'm recording this episode on unceded Wurundjeri land in Naam, or Melbourne. So welcome, Judy.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: So first up, can you step us through how things got this bad in the US? How did the court become anti-abortion? Why is it ruled this way? And what will it mean for access to abortion in many states?
1: Yeah, well, over the last 50 years, right wing leading people at all levels of society have seen it as a project that they wanted to achieve um, as soon as possible. It's taken them 50 years. They wanted to overturn Roe versus Wade. The reason they're doing this is, well, they do think that women should, should not have the right to abortion, that um, the rights of the unborn, a fetus, are much more important than women. However, the most important reason is that they've been able to build a, a movement of right-wing people who cohere around a whole range of different right-wing ideas like racism, opposition to same-sex marriage or whatever. The one thing they all agree on is changing the composition of the Supreme Court to make it more conservative. And of course, the person who was prepared to do that, even though he, <laughs> there's no way he, he used to be anti-abortion or anything like that, President Trump was the one who changed the Supreme Court so that now there's a, a majority of um, anti-women um, judges and the, these judges are also eyeing off, you know, other issues like same-sex marriage or even the right to have contraception available. So they—they've been they, they started organising um, as soon as Roe versus Wade um, was achieved. Previously, the Democratic Party and the and the Republican Party were a mixture of pro-choice and anti-abortion. Groups across both parties. It wasn't. Now we see the Republican Party is is really the representative of the anti-abortion forces in in the um, in the Congress. Now, that was achieved partly through the, these right-wing um, political activists, if you like, but alongside people like Ronald Reagan, to actually change and conserve the Republican Party so that it would. Well, you know, it would grow in size and influence and now it, it's, it's been able to, to dominate in the, in the Congress alongside the Democratic Party and the Republican Party probably share the rule of, of America through the Congress um, between them and just swap around. But the Democrats have been become the leading force for the pro-choice movement and the Republicans for anti-choice.
0: You mentioned Donald Trump uh, I remember during his four years in office people would say how can the Christian group support him when he's so clearly a womanizing you know uh, immoral person and of course the answer always came back they would look the other way on all those issues provided he stacked the Supreme Court and that's exactly what he did mm. now In terms of Roe v. Wade, which has been around now for 50 years, what does it mean for women in America right now? How quickly um, and savagely has this court ruling impacted on women who are currently pregnant and want to uh, receive an abortion?
1: Well, in some ways, there's been changes happening over the last 50 years in some of the states, particularly most right-wing states like like Texas, have been tightening up on access to abortion. Because Roe v. Wade is a decision of the Supreme Court that was interpreted as giving women the right to make the decision themselves about abortion. It's to do with people having the right of privacy through a right they gain through the Constitution, the right to make these kind of decisions in the privacy of their own home without the state interfering. But the Supreme Court also said Okay, women can have this right to abortion, but it has to be balanced because, you know, some people think fetus has rights, some people think women need to have the um, advice of doctors or whatever. And this is the situation in most places around the world. Women may have the right to um, abortion almost unfettered in the first, say, 13, 14 weeks of their pregnancy. After that, there's all sorts of restrictions put on and doctors become a kind of a gatekeeper having the final say rather than the woman. So even Roe versus Wade, the various states, well, all states had the right to decide how abortions would be accessed and when abortions could be accessed, even from from the word go. So that has enabled some states to actually be more restrictive in providing abortions for all this time. However, they always had to start with women have the right to have an abortion except in certain circumstances. Overturning Roe versus Wade means that abortion is considered to be banned now across nationally, federally, across the United States, and some states will still provide it, but in, in a context where it should be banned. So that's, that's a big change. This has meant that um, those states that have always had a conservative attitude to abortion, they had already had um, legislation that couldn't be fully implemented until Roe v.ersus Wade was overturned. Immediately, they've implemented, like Texas, there's no right to abortion um, except if the woman's life is, is in danger. No, no exceptions for rape or incest anymore, that sort of thing. Also, there are other states, there's about eight states like, like that, um, already to go when Roe v. Wade was overturned there's other states which will now start implementing um, and drawing up um, restrictive legislation so that probably half the states of America will now make it almost impossible to get an abortion except if a, a woman's life's a danger or some might have might be slightly less restrictive you know if there's um, if the fetus is deformed or or, or whatever or likely to die, or if um, there's rape or incest. But, you know, half of American states will, will effectively be a no-go area for, for abortion clinics.
0: And, and that's my understanding of the latest decision, that it doesn't technically ban abortion, but it removes what is essentially the federal right to abortion. And that means it's left to states, individual states, and so we, we, there are already horrific stories coming out of abortion clinics closing while women are still queuing up outside waiting for procedures. Others are being, uh, coming under attack. A particularly horrible story in the media very recently about a 10-year-old girl who was uh, pregnant. She came from Ohio. Ohio no longer offers abortion under, even under those circumstances. She had to be taken across the state line into Indiana for a procedure at the age of 10 and Indiana is itself likely to ban abortion in the near future. So the options are for pregnant people who wish to terminate become fewer and fewer. Now, Joe Biden has deplored the court's decision, but can we expect any real action by him or the Democrats? And what is the US left saying generally?
1: Yeah, well, the Democratic Party actually did try to implement legislation to, um, what's the word, negate what overturning Roe versus Wade would mean. However, while they got it through the House of Reps, where they have a majority, they couldn't get it through the Senate, where, because of filibustering and various (laughs) legal manifestations of anti-democratic practice in the Senate, the Democrats couldn't get... Um, this bill through there. this has meant that um, there's no way of changing the law in in America without a, a huge change um, in the composition of of the Congress. You have to have a, a vote of sixty percent to forty in the Senate to get any legislation through. You know obviously politicians could try to change that situation and fight to have a more democratic process. The Democrats have had opportunities to do that and have not taken it. What the Democrats are saying now is we've got new elections coming up. The midterm um, House of Reps election, where the whole of the House of Representatives is going to be uh, up for election, will take place in November, and uh, about a third of the Senate will will be re-elected in in November. The message coming from political leaders in the Democratic Party is. Maintain your rage till the election and vote in Democrats. But because of the nature of the anti-democratic system, it's unclear whether or not you'd be able to achieve anything that way anyway. The Democrats have, have had years um, to, to, to change the situation, to, to actually operate much more democratically themselves, and have not done that. Unfortunately, I think most of the left have not been campaigning for the last, you know, few decades until recently. So the Democrats have been seen as the main way forward. That's going to change. Straight away with the the threat to Roe versus Wade, people are mobilising. I sat in on a, on a meeting of socialists in America the other day and it's quite clear there's widespread um, organisation. What they they're saying, we've got to we've got we've got to set up new infrastructures so that we can actually help women um, travel, help women to get abortions when they need, help women with uh, abortion pills, whatever they need, but as well, we can't leave it to to just those practical details. we have to have a political mobilisation on the streets. And as we saw, as soon as the, the decision was taken, thousands and thousands of, of people uh, across the US were out on the streets protesting. Anybody who can get pregnant is going to be affected by this, but also people fear that other other issues are going to be on the chopping block for for the, this right wing Supreme Court.
0: So let's look at the broader context. Why is it that the right that you know, if we could call it the Trump the Trump type right, not just in the US but in Brazil, in Poland, and other countries, why are they so obsessed with controlling women's fertility? And of course, even in countries like Australia, where there are there is access to abortion, as you say. There are limitations. Why is this? Inc- why this incredibly complex and hostile legal environment for women simply to decide what happens with their bodies?
1: Well, In some ways, it's complicated because there's a range of opinions on on abortion. But as you say, the, the right um, are dedicated to um, restraining women's rights. That's part of their ideological makeup. It goes hand in hand with. Um, racism, the attempt to, to actually have more um, or un- more undemocratic structures in society in general. Well, just consider what happened under the Nazis. So the, the right have been on on the ascendancy um, right in America, under Trump and before, but also across Europe. Um, we've seen countries like Hungary, but in particular Poland, where there's attempts to ban abortion, the, the political position of the right is that women's place is in the home. Kinder, kierk, was the Nazi slogan. You know, children, church, and kitchen. That's that's the role of women. So, this is because their idea is that women it is women's job to to look after children and not play an equal role in society. Now. Why, why is capitalism tolerating this? Um, capitalism itself has, has a contradictory attitude to women's rights. Capitalists would like to see more women in the workplace, would like to see women getting jobs um, because capitalism exploits workers. So the more workers who, who are in the workplace, the better for capitalism. But capitalism also refuses to pay for the upbringing of children. provide those workers for the workplaces. So I suppose the the right side, the right wing side of capitalism is for controlling women's bodies, controlling women's lives, so that they pay, well, they they provide unpaid labour and whatever's necessary to raise the next generation of of workers for the for the workplaces and you know cannon fodder for the for the armies as well, I suppose. But the other side of capitalism is that um, if you're going to draw more women into the workforce, then you will need women to have certain rights to control their fertility and to decide for themselves how many children they're going to have. This is a contradictory position across the society, which has meant that abortion is treated not like the health procedure that it is, a simple safe health procedure when done by trained people. It becomes a political football so that the extent to which women have the right right to abortion and the extent to which women can control their bodies is a measure of the society in terms of how are women's rights treated across the society itself. As I said, capitalism has a contradictory position, but it is capitalism that has implemented the laws of a very powerful state machine which benefits the ideas and the practices of, of the right over the left. But from time to time, there will be the fight back that, that the left will, will lead can actually change those laws and make uh, abortion uh, more accessible, depending on the political environment. So there's a, a battle between the right and left under capitalism at the moment. And with capitalism going into crisis, capitalists themselves would like to see people much more under the thumb, much more dictated to and controlled by the society and forced to, to work and not think about about things, just work and, and provide uh, profits for, for the bosses. So when capitalism is in crisis, um, there tends to be much more um, support given and toleration of, of the right wing. So I think at the moment we see... The rise of the right is, is directly linked to the kind of um, society capitalism has brought about for us.
0: And the the right here, by and large, are not on the offensive against abortion rights, but they're trying to push us back in other ways. The culture wars, the ridicule of so-called wokeness, uh, cancel culture, in all sorts of ways, they're trying to push back the, the gains of the left and clearly if we don't win those wars, if they win, uh, it will make it easier for them to launch fresh attacks on women's rights or equal marriage or whatever down the track. But before we turn to Australia, I just wanted to ask you more broadly about what do we as socialists say about the fight for the right to abortion? It's not just about defending the right, is it? It's about questions like access for poor women or women in remote or, and regional areas, where there are few available clinics, sometimes none, where the nearest hospital might be Catholic and therefore won't carry out the procedure. What are the, the barriers, not just in Louisiana, but in regional Victoria, for instance?
1: So decriminalisation in Australia has been, it, it's been partial. It's meant that abortion is no longer a crime. So that doctors and and women are no longer threatened with jail sentences, which they were up until about ten years ago. However, such legislation has got um, limitations because in various states around Australia, the period by which women do have the right to to request an abortion is different in different states, from Tasmania, Um, You get the first 16 weeks, the woman can um, request an abortion. After that, she needs the opinion of a gynaecologist and a doctor to decide whether or not she should have an abortion. In Victoria, that period is 24 weeks. Why the difference? Now, that's really an unnecessary time limit. And that's illustrated by the fact that in the Australian Capital Territory, the ACT, where our capital Canberra is, Abortion is regarded just as a health procedure. There are no restrictions like that. It's only, it only comes under the Health Act. So that's a question that has to be dealt with. Apart from that, even if abortion is fully legal, if hospitals won't provide uh, abortions um, and you're relying on clinics, then that comes under the private health system. Medicare may give you some kind of um, support, some subsidy, but still you could be out of pocket hundreds of dollars to have an abortion if you live in remote or even uh, regional rural australia you'd have to travel to find a doctor who's prepared to do an abortion we've had it we've just gone through a quite a major health crisis because of the pandemic which has left our hospital system in tatters across australia particularly in remote and rural areas sometimes there's no doctor but then there's a stigma about abortion. There's some doctors who don't want to be known as the abortion doctor in their area because there's all these questions about abortion. Yeah, abortion is still not talked about as a normal, everyday um, health procedure, it's something that, that is underground. So a lot of doctors don't want to be known as the abortion doctor, even if they agree that women should have the right to a doctor. So often there's no doctor for miles and miles, and women have to travel. Still have to travel to to cities to to try and find an abortion. Now the Labour Party had recognised this at the you know before the last election, two thousand and nineteen, and they said that you know we should be providing abortion in public hospitals. Um, every public hospital should be open to providing abortions, and therefore it should be um, provided free of charge, free safe abortion. And the woman should decide, and there should be some way of um, of negotiating between the states and and the federal government to have legal abortion available the same across Australia. Now they dropped that they dropped that policy, unfortunately, um, for this r- recent election, and you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but there's a lot of pressure on them now to to rethink what they're doing, I think. Because when you think about it, it's such a, a simple thing. Abortion is a very simple procedure. It's very safe. I mean, the person who does the abortion needs to be trained, but they don't need to even be a doctor. They could just—they be a midwife or even nurses could actually do free, safe abortions. As well, there's now abortion um, pills, which make abortion much more accessible in the first nine, te- first nine weeks. Now, so long as you're, you're able to get the pill in the first nine weeks, this should be a simple procedure. But often, you have to you have to have a doctor guide you through that that process in some cases, which is totally ridiculous. And you should be able to do it with telehealth, but there have been complications with that. So, when you think about it, there should not be any problems um, accessing abortion. But it's not just the law; it's it's the way the whole system's set up to prevent um ready access i mean maybe there's other health procedures that we've got these problems now that we've got such problems in the health care system but this should not happen
0: now the abolition of roe v wade is purely an american thing but as i indicated at the start of the episode it's going to clearly uh, shape debate here you were at a big angry rally defending abortion rights in melbourne last weekend what were the messages coming from the speakers but also from the women you spoke to there
1: well this this rally was really an outpouring of anger you could feel like well i myself felt like you know it's a long time coming you know this is pent up anger where it's not just what's happened in america it's that we haven't talked about abortion in australia so a lot of people like i said before a lot of people had felt that you know okay we've gone forward in, in Australia, we've got decriminalisation. But all these stories coming out about the difficulties of getting um, access to abortion. For instance, in Tasmania, it's very difficult to get an abortion in all the hospitals there, certainly not in the, the north of Tasmania can you get a, an abortion. Clinics can't operate there, it's too expensive to set up a clinic. Most women actually go to the mainland recently the Tasmanian government has come out and said we are we are providing abortions for you but I'd like to see what's really happening there because uh, women only have the right to request an abortion in the first 16 weeks anyway then there's all these restrictions so like there's a lot of people are confused people are one thing they're certain about is that it's not easy to get an abortion in Australia still, unless you're in the big big capital cities, and then it's usually not too bad. But this rally had lots of people turning up with their own placards and really angry, loud, and probably over five to 10,000 people. Now, this was happening all over Australia. So people are you know, looking at this as an opportunity to regenerate Um, More pressure on governments to actually give us the rights that we deserve. Particularly, more discussion about Western Australia. Western Australia hasn't even decriminalised. In Western Australia, if you're under 18, you still need your parents' consent, which is ridiculous. So there's lots to be done in Australia as well. Let's hope that um, something continues out of this.
0: And there were obviously people of all ages at this rally, but it was very clear there were a very large number of young women who are very determined that things aren't going to go backwards, which mm. is obviously mm. a fantastic thing.
1: Yeah, and it's not only people who... I've been considering this a lot. I'm not likely to get pregnant anymore. But um, the abortion um, legislation, the, the very fact that there is legislation, it's anti-abortion, it, it's a restriction on, on women's right to control their own bodies, affects every woman... And if you know, and trans and LGBTIQ people as well. I mean, why are these restrictions in this day and age leveled at our society? It, it's part of what says that women's main role in society is as um childbearers, child raisers, carers, we're the ones who should be doing the caring at very low low rates of pay. You see the pandemic exposed that women dominate in those areas which are low-paid caring jobs so abortion legislation is like a reminder that you know it's set in law that you shouldn't have the right to control your your own body that affects all of us so I I think you'll find that there's not just young women but older women too understand the the problems that that are faced by, by most women in Australia today.
0: The union movement was at the rally in fact, the Victorian Trades Hall Council organised a feeder march from Trades Hall, and unions have long played an important role in fighting for rights like abortion. Well, most unions, there are some terrible exceptions. So can you tell us more about the role of unions in this struggle and why you think they play a particular part?
1: Yes, well, when I was active in, in the 70s, when big campaigns to legalise abortions took place, um across Australia then unions became allies of the women's movement one of the reasons that unions took up the the case for abortion rights then was because if you don't have the right to control your fertility you don't have the same access to jobs you know you're more likely to be forced to stay at home and, and not have access to jobs there was it, it coincided with women fighting for access to you know the right to work to, the right to hold a job that you know because women weren't weren't welcome in construction industries or steel industry or whatever these these movements across workplaces linked the right to abortion with the right right to work so unions women and men fought inside the union movement for for the unions to actually be part of of the the campaign for abortion rights here in Australia and also in Britain actually
0: and what can unions what should unions be doing today?
1: Well, the union movement was absolutely right to um, support the rally on the weekend and should be taking up the the issue, again, as, as something that's central to their demands. Um, it should be part of enterprise bargaining agreements that women have the right to to um, access a, abortion. Well, I think they're, they're doing that to some extent in Victoria. So... If we, if we can get the unions calling rallies as well as, uh, you know, as, uh, um, fighting for more rights in, in workplaces for women to have access these rights, then that affects more and more people across society. The union movement is still the, the largest mass movement um, across Australia with over two million members. So you can actually get the message out and you can fight um, the right wing ideas much more effectively if you've got unions on board unions can also bring much more social power than than other areas because by fighting in workplaces by perhaps even like I've seen some some um, workplaces on strike to fight for, for the right to for abortions and the right for, for women generally using strike action industrial action generally to defend our rights is much more powerful than just um, um having speaking out and, and having rallies so the union movement can play a huge a huge role here. Now, traditionally, some people think that, that that fighting for abortion rights, fighting for women's rights is just a women's issue. But actually um, men are involved in this as well because we all gain from women women getting equal pay, women improving their 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 fighting capacity at work. So men have a, a real interest in, in supporting women's rights. Um, so the slogan came up at, at the feeder march, you know, abortion rights, workers' rights, fight for the right to free, safe abortion on, on demand. And men and women could easily all support that.
0: Back when I was still in Britain, at the end of the 70s, beginning of the 80s, there was an attack on abortion rights and the feminist movement called National Demonstrations in London. There were 20,000 people on them. They were very powerful, very angry. And then the union movement, called a rally and 80,000 people marched through London, thousands upon thousands of working class women who hadn't necessarily heard the message from the feminist movement, but were mobilized along with their male counterparts because the union movement moved into action. So I think that's uh, crucial for the fights ahead. Now, in terms of the fights ahead, all our rights under capitalism have to be won in struggle They're always temporary because the other side will try and drag them back. They're never perfect. As you've outlined, even in Australia, the right to abortion is hedged around with all sorts of legal and practical limitations. So we need to fight for more reforms, uh, more improvements. What kind of demands do you think people should be raising in the coming weeks and months?
1: Okay, well, I think we could make a, you know start with um, some of the ideas that came up through the Labor Party's own policy, and also the Greens Party, that healthcare has to be freely available in Australia. We we need a proper healthcare system that provides abortions in hospitals, subsidised by, by by Medicare, so that women know that the abortion is available. We need free, safe abortion on demand. So we need whatever is necessary in terms of access and, and the law to facilitate that. We need to call for the repeal of, of anti-abortion laws again. We need the, the, the system that they've got in the ACT, where abortion is just under the the healthcare system, rather than couched around with all sorts of, of limitations, which come up because the right get to, to debate their, their points of view, their anti-woman ideas in, in Parliament. Of course, abortion is, is one issue amongst um, many in terms of, uh, of what is needed for women to have actual equal rights in society. Um, women still suffer a pay gap in Australia. It's ridiculous, but in the 70s, we won the right to equal pay, but not the reality of equal pay. Isn't this one of, one of the reasons we see um, much more violence against women than against men, particularly in domestic violence situations? To raise the confidence of women to fight and defend their rights in, in our society and to go forward, we need to, to build structures that reflect the idea that women should have an equal role to play in our society. We need to be organised in our workplaces, on the streets, in our communities. Women can't afford to be driven back to the kitchen. Women won't be driven back to the kitchen so long as we organise and fight for abortion rights, childcare, equal wages, and an end to sexual harassment. This is the way to, to take on the right, and it's also the way to take on the system that says, women should remain unequal
0: and that's a great note to finish on thank you for your time judy and uh, i'll see you at the next rally
1: definitely thank you